right. Hello, Natalie. Welcome to the podcast. Kazane, Sound of the Wind. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kazane. I'm really, really happy to be here. Thank you for thinking of me. Yeah, so um, I, I got really excited when I saw your Facebook group that uh, revolved around Reiki and martial arts. So I, I think you know this. I was very excited <laughs> uh, to meet you through, through Common Reiki, a friend. So really what I'd love to hear about is um, your journey with Reiki and, and martial arts, how you got started with both and, and also you know, how they, they come together. But before that, maybe you can share a little bit about um, where you're from. So, you know, I'm calling from the Philippines and um, you're in New York City. I, I love New York City is one of my favorite um, places, actually. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I love yeah. it too. I, yeah, it, sometimes it's messy, but it's still a fantastic city. And I moved here 23 years ago because I was born in Belgium. I then when I was eight years old, I moved to Caracas, Venezuela in Latin America. Mm. I lived there until it got a little bit too violent. And then I packed my bags and literally packed two bags and moved to Miami. And then after two years in Miami, I drove to New York and fell in love with it because here is very diverse. And I don't feel I'm from any country. I'm like a cultural mod. Yes. So New York is really the first place I feel like I'm home right? Yeah. Because it's a bunch of people who don't belong anywhere together. So it's a lovely place yeah. to be. That's my background. Well, your, your parents are from where? Are they from Belgium? Yeah. So my father is Belgian and my mother is from Spain, Madrid. Ah, okay. Okay. I see. I see. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, New York, it's, it's, it is a, a city that embraces you um, easily. I yeah, think. absolutely. So yeah. where, um, yeah, let's just dive right into it. Where did you discover Reiki? How did you hear about Reiki? So I discovered Reiki many, many years ago and, and you're going to see as in martial arts, everything like it was kind of a life surprise. Uh, so I was probably in my early thirties, very early thirties. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't very aware of what I had, but I had anxiety troubles in my head. Everybody was really upsetting and I needed to fix that. So I Googled healing and I, when I Googled, Reiki came up. Mm. And I'm talking about 2005, 2006. So there was like not a lot of Reiki teachers. There was not a lot of information. You were Google. already in New York at that time, right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. was in New York. I was working in advertising, which I still do mm. uh, as a freelancer most of the times. And I was really like stressed out, Googled, and then poof, this thing called Reiki showed up. I'm like, what is Reiki? Yeah. And as it happens often, people is like, oh, this is going to solve all your problems. You get initiation, the light, and boom, <laughs> your life is wonderful. I'm like, oh my God, this is perfect. I don't need to do anything. Just anything, and yeah. also, I didn't have a lot of money. New York is very expensive. So the first thing I did was actually... Uh, I'm like, okay, I cannot afford a class. So I Googled and I found this man who had a YouTube video and he said, don't pay for an attunement or like just watch this video. And then tomorrow you can have one hands and heal the world. Oh yeah. my God. It was a little bit shameful. So I'm like, I watched that YouTube video, you know, that guy with the hands, go to bed, wake up. I'm like, okay nothing obviously this guy, like, who's this guy i want to see his video now i don't know but now you see it on tiktok there are like three hundred thousand reiki masters going like this with the hands right now right <laughs> but i have kid music and you know so 
still like a lot of people like there is a lot of misinformation about Reiki is so and at the time there was actually probably the few books there were were like um I think from uh the lady called Stein her last name I can remember Diane Stein and so the information was really strange because it's like it was like Jesus Christ created yeah, Reiki she, and then, oh she's Reiki. a little bit yeah new agey yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like I applaud her for her effort and you know but that it was a Japanese tradition, but you know, at the time I was like, oh, this is very mystical and magical. But what I wanted, it was something that someone would tap on my shoulder and I would be happy. I have to accept that's what I wanted. <laughs> so second step, I paid a class. I'm like, okay, I do have to take the class. Yeah. Uh, again, I got a teacher that was next to my job, only four hours. I'm like, oh, look, only four yeah. hours and I can afford it. Yeah. And I went there and as you can imagine from four hours, I didn't get a lot of information. And now in hindsight, I can see she was probably just graduated. She was checking her manual to do the <laughs> She didn't give me any manual. She just gave me a printed like certificate. She did teach me the position on others. This is one-on-one. 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 Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm talking, yeah, 2006. So I left her. I'm like, well, you know, I started touching people. Nothing happened. Like you can imagine how ignorant I was, right? But don't ask me why, like you will think at the second time, obviously all these were my mistakes. I'm not blaming any of them. I will give up. But Reiki kept like, I don't know, I kept being attracted to it. So then I did take a more serious class, even though it was one of the weekend. And that was a very beautiful experience. It was in a very, and I have to be careful because I know there are many Western lineage, but this was probably a, a lineage that was very much into the magical side of Reiki, but my experience were very profound. Okay. It was very much about, you know, chakras and healing and psychic surgeries, more on that side. So th- this is again, is this a group class at this point? This is a group class. Yeah, we're 20 people. Okay. And this was a level two or you did, did you retake level one? I retake level one because ah. I didn't, accept, I couldn't find my other certificate and oh, it was a okay. good thing. So I took level one and two and then I think that was the moment that experience was so transforming in the class that I really fell in love with Reiki. What happened to me is, and I started practicing. I'm like, I, every friend, every friend of a friend, I did as many sessions as I could. And self-practice as well, right? No, no, because I was not about the self-practice. That's where like the catch comes, right? What? Well, they did tell us like, yeah, you should practice on yourself. They didn't teach us a protocol. Oh, <laughs> and it's not very obvious, but if you give a lot of information to people and when you practice, you teach them the hands on others, you don't teach them self protocol. You can say, yes, this is the self protocol. You should do it every day, but I never learned it. So I never practice oh, on myself. I definitely yeah. focus on that. <laughs> well, yeah, but again, so I appreciate every bad training I had mm. and obviously sometimes I would practice but because I didn't feel very much I'm like eh, yeah yeah others, right yeah 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 and again part of it was because I was very focused on others not on me so that was me but all the trainings I got every time they will teach a hands-on healing protocol it was on others it was never like let's practice first the self like protocol yes. right so and the other thing is this was really about doing a lot of symbols in the rooms and clearings and protection and at the end, I am more Belgian than I look. I come across as very passionate. I'm like, ah, very intense, very warm. But I'm actually quite Belgian. 
And I like things very simple and clean and like almost, you know, like in a way, very Japanese. Japanese. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm, like, and I'm like, this feels too busy. Like, so it took me eight years to take the next step. And during those eight years, six or eight years, eight years, I honestly, I reiki everybody, like, but there was something missing. And then I found another teacher who had done both Western and Japanese training from my Reiki masters, right? And she gave me a book by the person you interviewed, Francine, the Japanese art of Reiki. So I read that. I'm like, oh, this is exactly what I felt. And that didn't match what I learned. And I, there is no better or worse, but we all have a personality, right? And when I read that book, I'm like, yeah, this is simple. This is self-healing based. Yeah. Like, and I started really working on myself. And Which really, book of his was it? The Japanese Art of Reiki. Oh, the, yeah. The same. The, yeah. yeah, the base, the foundation. The, the basic then, course, one. Yeah, yeah. All the others. So after her, I trained with France. Okay. And, and then what happened, obviously, I really got a deep taste of my Reiki practice. But then one day I'm like, I can be very still and in the light when I'm sitting. But when it came to movement, when life was busy, I couldn't feel that light, that space. I'm like, oh, I want to do something that has this kind of vibe that has key movement or whatever, but in movement, right? So I'm like, I'm going to do either Qigong, Tai Chi, or Aikido. And I start Googling again, my friend Google, um, martial arts but everything is far away. I'm like, oh, I don't know. So I take my dog for a walk and I took my dog for a walk every day. But that day I'm like, I'm just going to take this treat. I've never taken it. So I walk and I see a bunch of people dressed with Japanese uniforms. I'm like, oh, what is this? Ken Zen Dojo. I'm like, what is this, right? So I go back home, check, and it's all about swords. They teach kendo, they teach yaido. Wow. Near your so they- house four blocks away from my house right oh my god surprise because new york can be very yeah. crazy expensive it's a price i won't even say because basically yeah. it's a non-for-profit and it's the love of yaido right oh my god i'm like i'm like what is this so i go but i'm scared of swords you know like i'm scared of knives i'm like this is dangerous so i go and i see a class and there are 20 people cutting and then doing the katas and i found it the most beautiful thing in the world so yes. then I started my Yaido journey and that was five years and a half ago. Yes. And for me, Yai and Reiki are like this, my practices. Uh, they, Yai has helped me being in the body part, right? We, you mentioned so, the group. So just for people on audio uh, <laughs> listening, um, Natalie did a hand gesture of her fingers coming together. So <laughs> just exactly. so listening on audio. Sorry, I forget we're just on audio. Okay. But, but you were mentioning our group that we have about martial arts and key, and there is this concept, and it's in the Reiki precepts, right? Shin Shin Kaisen, a mind body harmony. So for me, it's always been very easy to be in the mind. It's always been very hard to be in the body. Reiki help. But without martial arts, I would not have understood really what it is, mind and body union. And some of my colleagues at the dojo have a harder time with the mind-spirit side, right? It's easier for the body. So for Mm -hmm. me, my Reiki practice informs my AI, but my AI really also nourishes my Reiki. And and as you do, you started also with martial arts. They have the same principles, very similar principles and the same goals. So 
again, we all have a Reiki style. Some people uh, love Reiki circles. Some people do sessions. For me, Reiki is really my spiritual practice. And then I share and I love educating, informing. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's really Reiki and martial arts. Are, that's my passion. That's my taste yes. of Reiki, right? Yes, that's, that's why. Um, yeah, I feel the same way. I really feel the same. Can you give me specific examples of how your Reiki informs your Yaido and vice versa? Like specific, a specific. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I'm going to start with how Reiki informs my Yai because mm. it's easier. Mm-hmm. So Yaido, uh, so for the people who don't know what Yaido is, because yes. I we're yes. very few thousand practitioners. I in the didn't world. know what it was also yeah. a few months ago. So, it's basically the art of drawing the katana. So we practice a series of movements uh, that are cuts that represent like a theater of that we're fighting an enemy. There is not even someone real in front of you. Right. Uh, so basically, and the basic series is 12 uh, acts. You can say 12 katas. And what happens is probably the first black belts and the first degrees, you're really learning the technique, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you go over the six degree and seven and eight degrees uh, black belts, which are very advanced, you're talking about 20 years of practice. It really is about moving key. They have this beautiful uh, festival in Japan where basically that is about who's doing, they call it seme, it's like the key that pushes forward and all of that. So for me, it's the funny part is um, I can feel the key even though I'm just a second degree black belt, right? Okay. So from day one, I could feel the energy of the kata, especially when a sensei will perform it. So that was really helpful in that sense. It was very distracting in me learning the technique and put me behind. But right now that I'm finally starting to catch up after five years of practice with the technique, it really helps me understand the kata at a level that maybe, you know, it may take someone else uh, more time to understand. And again, most people catch up the body and the movement and the technique part a lot sooner than I did, you know, because I'm not very talented for that, which also has been beautiful. But for example, um, one thing when I do a test for Yaido, I remember when I, I passed my first cue, that was like two, three years ago, the, a guy came to me, he said like, we pass you because we could feel your energetic presence, but your technique is shit. <laughs> <laughs> and mother, and I, I was like, yeah, well, I'm a regular teacher, right? So again, when we say like the key thing is not real, presence is really important, right? And presence is probably a word we want to keep for both of them. Another thing that helps me, uh, so again, when you're passing a test in martial arts, there are 100 people present, right? At least before the pandemic. You have seven judges and three of those judges are from your dojo. They know everything you do wrong. So Reiki tools like Joshin Kokiyoho, which is a breathing meditation that really centers you into your hara, your power center, for chakra people, probably it's a combination of root and sacral. Mm-hmm. But they, so I practice Joshin Kokiyoho. I usually go with class. class. Before exam, before class. Yeah. Before exam, like, and I'm practicing. And when I perform, obviously the first cat, I'm always a little bit scared. But what starts to happen, and the last time it was beautiful, I start feeling the energy of all the group. Yeah, so I'm so being supported because I let go of the fears thanks to the yeah. Joshin Kokiyoho and I connect with my peers. So I, I perform from a place of no fear, no worry, no anger, right? Yeah. And that is why sometimes, even though when I do technical mistakes, I pass and then I and, and I can advance. So that, and also I've, it has helped me see martial arts not as an achievement, as an exploration of the self, right? Yes. As my spiritual practice. 
when it comes to Reiki, I think what AI has informed me a lot. So I'll, Reiki for me was very about the outside energy and yes, the inside, but it was very much about energy, about not about body, right? And then the Hara part, yes, I was trying to work on my Hara and grounding, but you really need to work on your core when you need to stand up from the floor and go out with a work and like with a sword, right? You need to really feel what your core is. And that has helped me tremendously for Reiki. Uh, and again, like just being in my body and realizing that the more in my body, and I, when I say my body, I say anchored, right? Yeah the more I can open my mind. So I remember once I was training meditation and a Japanese person told me the body is the anchor for the mind. If you don't keep your posture perfect, it's not about being rigid. It's just the posture will anchor your spirit so it can open your mind like the sky. But you need an anchor, right? You need to keep. And I didn't understand that until I did martial arts. So I used to practice Reiki and disappear. Like, I'm gone, I'm not here, I love it. And I love the sensation of disappearing, of not being here. And now keeping a little bit of that presence, a little bit of, of appreciation for the body uh, has really advanced my Reiki practice. Uh, first of all, because all my crap and trauma is in my body. Yes. So now I'm actually able to feel my body through martial arts. I've, I, I was never good at feeling my fingers, my feet, I can actually feel my body. So I have more of a kinetic feel. And if you have a kinetic feel, you can actually feel more emotions, more range of emotions. Hmm. So now when I'm in Reiki, I can be in my body and I can process more emotions. I can, I can access more of myself inside my body. So for me, Reiki, I used to see it as going into the universe, but like out. And now for me, I'm going to the universe, going inwards. So through my Hara, through my body, and then I go there and then I go to the universe. So it's a little bit, and this may change again, right? This always evolve. But I always used to hear that sentence, the Hara is the gateway to the universe. And I, it didn't make sense to me until I practiced martial arts, to be honest. I hope this was not too confusing. No, I'm, 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 there's a lot of information. The Hara is so, it's so power. It's, it's interesting because it's, it's something that's powerful and fleeting at the same time. Um, and I'll give you an example. So uh, I'm only on my fourth um, month of studying swordsmanship with uh, Bushido sensei. So it's different, very different because we don't have, first of all, it's over Zoom and it's one-on-one -on -one and there's no exam. So it's, it's a little different from Iaido. I had to stop during the, the typhoon we had uh, last month. And so when I resumed my, my training last uh, week, uh, Sensei was like, oh, I can feel that you've been training. And in my head, I was like, no, I've just been meditating on my Hara. <laughs> I didn't pick up my sword. Literally, I didn't pick up my sword. Um, but he, you know, but just that focusing on the Hara and what you said about without intellectualizing it, but having it as a gateway to something greater and beyond, uh, even if it's when I, if I try to do it, then you fail, right? When you try to be like, oh, I'm going to do this and like become whatever. Um, so it's such a subtle practice, but at the same time, it's so foundational yeah. and it, it's, it's really, really interesting. So, um, so yeah, so so that's been my and I haven't been. I like how you talk about. Um, I'm also struggling physic physically, to be honest. Um, 
you know, even sensei was like, uh, your sword, your, your booking looks a bit heavy for you at the like, oh no, I've been, I need to strengthen. Like I need to do more, um, strengthening because he can see, you know, if it's shaking or if I, if I'm not able to stop correctly. Um, yeah. Oh, and then just the dexterity of the fingers, all of these things that I'm, are so frustrating, you know, it, I, really I listen, I, I hear you. The frustration. I think that's what stopped me the first year and three years of martial arts. And then at my dojo, people are very talented. I have to say they're very talented <laughs> and they're a lot more focused than I am. Right. So I will see people advance and advance. I'm like, why am I so bad at this? And honestly, I have no talent for you either. Right. I, I've been able to do a decent martial arts and it's given me a lot. But what I realize is, as you said, you just learn, like I was doing exercises with a little band to get dexterity uh, to my fingers. I've been doing weights, uh, <laughs> but mostly, do you know what it did? It humbled me very exactly. much. Exactly. And that is, is like, wow, these people know a lot. Yeah. And it also taught me, and I think that's the biggest gift of my dojo. It taught me to ask for help and guidance. And that also has become very handy when I talk to my Reiki mentors, being more like, okay, I cannot figure this out. And there is nothing wrong with me not knowing. And there is nothing wrong with me not having a natural talent for this. Uh, there are people there to support me and help me who understand. And then if I can support them in any way with my own knowledge, which is different, and then we support each other. But the biggest gift and having a sensei as you have, like, yeah, is how do we learn how to let go frustration? That that has been a constant challenge, but it makes us grow. So I'm excited to hear that because that is normal the first few months. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. For, and it is, it's super humbling. And I think it's helping me so much um, as a teacher, as a teacher. Yeah. Reiki and, um, you know, because we, we have our, when we have our new students completely new to Reiki and they have all these questions and you're like, oh, like this, and then you find yourself in that position. It's, it's really, I think it's important to remember, um, you know, being new at something. And so, yeah. yeah. I think you have a beautiful point there. I've been a lot more uh, clear with my Reiki students about it's normal to be frustrated. Exactly. Uh, yeah. If you're not frustrated, that means you're not practicing. Exactly. Uh, like it's part of it it's normal to plateau and not to advance so I've been more vocal about reminding them that often you yeah. know just being patient right like when when you see them oh but I can't feel is it working like this and I see myself doing the same like I'm I wish I were further ahead you know I wish I could <laughs> so so yeah it's a great reminder yeah yeah yeah. And martial arts is more complicated than Reiki because the body is a little harder to train, right? So it's going to mm -hmm. take you a couple of years to, I think it's going to take you a lifetime. You're always going to be like, yeah, I don't it. see it as more difficult or complicated. It's just different. It's just so different, right. especially if I think you and I come from similar backgrounds. Like I wasn't, I, I don't know about, I don't want to make assumptions, but I wasn't athletic growing up. I was very much, yeah, exactly, more um, academically inclined, although I did take, um, I took karate in college because I, I oh. was drawn to the discipline, but it's so different. It's so, so different. Um, it's, it's like night and day, but, but interesting also, interesting. Yeah, I was a complete geek. Uh, yeah, I yeah. basically always had huge coordination problems. <laughs> uh, 
I was like, I would pass my exams to be able to pass sports. I would do written exams. I was that bad. <laughs> no, me too. I feel like I've come a long way with my body awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's, again, you know, also when you do have your Reiki practice, martial arts and Budo and whatever you practice, you know, it can be any kind of martial arts. Again, it goes from martial arts to Budo, right? To a practice that is really to elevate your persona, like to become a better person. And I think that's what like having a Reiki background, especially probably a more Japanese traditional that has some meditation elements can offer someone into martial arts. It's really like, oh, wow, there is, there is a very spiritual element to martial arts. And what martial arts give Reiki is that it's a very everyday spirituality, right? It's not flowing it's not magical it's very human i remember my sensei's interview she says you just when you get lost you feel your feet you feel the feet on the floor and you remember you're the center of the universe and then you keep going right so and you remember everybody else is also a center of the universe so it's it's a spirituality that is very humble and very grounded in everyday life and i love that i think they both are really complement each other beautifully I agree. I agree. Just a quick question about um, your sense. Does she have a, a spiritual practice? Is it part of Iaido? Iaido is supposed to be a spiritual okay. practice. Uh, the thing is, again, when we think of Japanese spiritual practice versus what in the West, sometimes we see a spiritual practice that has a lot of rituals and crystals yes. and an incantation, uh, it's not like that. Again, uh, EI do seen as a spiritual practice of becoming a better person. And that's why we have uh, Fudomyo in the in all the dojos, Iaido dojos. And Fudomyo, for the people who don't know, is basically uh, an emanation from Dainichi Nyorai, which is the Buddha, the cosmic Buddha. And he comes here to scare people into alignment, right? Like it's, he's like very blue, has a sword and he's scary. But reality, he's very compassionate and he's trying to scare you so you become a better person in life. And so I, for me, my sensei has a deep spiritual practice that comes across as patience, compassion, and kindness. But like Fudomyo, when you don't focus and you don't practice, she's going to give you a kick in the ass, right? So she has the right kind of compassion. Uh, she's very patient. So yes, I would say EI and probably she has other things I'm not privy to. When I asked her, she said, my spirituality is not like, she sees it as a human grown persona. Like she doesn't see it as something special or she doesn't see spirituality that will make anyone into a guru or someone elevated. Mm -hmm. Right. Again, that is the humanity I really like mm -hmm. about that, you know, like it's just like, well, that's what we should all do, right? Mm -hmm. Become better people, be compassionate, be kinder and help the community. Yeah. Thank you for that. The reason I'm, I'm also asking is that I'm kind of at the middle of exploring Mikao Usui Sensei's story. And yeah. so he, his, he was very much into, you know, esoteric Buddhism. And as I go a little bit down that rabbit hole, there's, there's a lot of form, a lot of studies, very, very rigorous. So I've been kind of exploring uh, Tendai I've, and also uh, Mikyo. It's very, very heavy on the text, on the sutras, on yeah. the mantras, on the mudras. And I love that you're doing that because, again, we don't really know what he did. But when you understand what the, like the spirituality of his time, 
it does bring a different light to Reiki practice, right? When we understand martial arts, when we study Tendai Buddhism, when we study perhaps yeah other things, pure land Buddhism, or even in my even like simple Zen Buddhism, what we start to understand is more the frame of mind and the importance of practice, right? Daily practice and commitment. And I think those are things that are not sometimes instilled enough when we train in Reiki, right? We take a certificate, but really that thing of daily practice and daily commitment, like even if we don't feel anything and we have a headache to still go and practice. Yes, I, I really feel like these are all pieces of the puzzle that are, are coming together, but the puzzle is also moving. It's a dynamic puzzle. And, and what you said about... Um, the martial arts practice being a, pro a lifelong process. The same is with Reiki, right? The same is with any uh, spiritual practice. Again, there are also tools. For example, uh, we can chant the Reiki, uh, you know, the mantras, the Reiki for Reiki too, right? Uh, for the symbols. So when we form more about the background where Reiki was born, like all the influences, mm -hmm. we can also revisit all the Reiki tools with a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And for example, for me, chanting when I'm, I'm busy with work and the podcast and, and friends, chanting helps me a lot because if I have half an hour focusing and I have a, like a busy schedule, chanting is a great way to practice and it's easy to focus, right? And it also gets into your body. Again, chanting is very, I tend to, woo, it brings, but oh my God. so when we learn chanting from Zen, from Tendai, from the sutras, like the Heart Sutra is such a beautiful chant, then we also can chant those, uh, either the mantras or the sounds for the mantras in a different way, because we have a little bit more of practice, but also more of understanding of what is behind those sounds. I mean, th that's such an important point to me personally, how using a uh, voice and mantra has, has been such a big part of my practice lately. Um, and I'll just share an anecdote. Um, when I, during the typhoon, I was on the 15th floor in a condo and the wind was so loud that it was, it was deafening. Like I couldn't, I was, I was um, reciting, you know, the Gokai and trying to uh, meditate, but it was just so loud. So I started to chant like loud and that really, really, really grounded me. And all of a sudden I felt safe and I felt so peaceful. Um, and I think that the chanting did that really, really, really did that. Yeah. I'm so grateful you're safe and that you actually were able to go through that. And what I really admire is that you actually uh, were able to tap into your practice, right? Because when we're so scared, Sometimes, actually, ironically, the most difficult part is to remember we have a practice. Yeah. So I'm grateful <laughs> that, that you were both safe. And I really, again, my appreciation, mm -hmm. because I think it's really admirable in those moments to be able to actually uh, find your stillness uh, using chant or so bravo. I mean, that, that's why we have our practice, right? Like, um... I know, but sometimes we have it and we go like chickens without a head, right? And then. I have some days where I'm like, oh, and then I'm like, by 6 p.m., I'm like, I sit and I chant. I'm like, and I feel so good. I'm like, I know this. Why don't I do it in the morning, right? Uh, yeah, so, yeah. because that is the other thing, like we may have years of practice and my practice is pretty steady. We still have those days. Of course. Oh my God. We're oh my not God. perfect. And of it course. usually happens when crap hits the fan. So I'm like so excited. You actually were able to take refuge and literally take refuge into your practice. Well, you know what happened is that I started my first online Reiki retreat the day before this happened. 
So it was so, you know, it was the energy also of the group and the practice was yeah. really anchored. So that's why I think community Sangha is so important. And it's great yeah. to have our daily uh, individual practice. But wow, when you connect, um, that's why these, you know, your Facebook group, these, these uh, opportunities are so precious because they help us um, solidify uh, our practice that way. And no. um, just another thing I wanted to also draw in with, um, so when I met my sensei, uh, he was not a Reiki practitioner. He, he took my first level Reiki class, which I was so also humbled and, and nervous about. Yeah. Um, but actually I feel like he, he's so much closer to Reiki than, I mean, even before level one, like, um, then, then a lot of maybe level three practitioners just from, um, the culture, I think, and maybe it's an, also in their DNA, <laughs> um, just about the emptiness and the simplicity and, you know, all of that. Um, it's really, really interesting. And also the, um, we've been studying, which I find fascinating, um, the different sounds and emanating from the Hara, you know, so oh, wow. exploring, you know, the, the O versus, versus the A versus the you know, all of these. And of course, in karate, it was more of, of, of us and kai. And so exploring that, that dimension, um, like I said, it just melds in so beautifully with, with the rest of my spiritual practice. Yeah. And I agree with you. My sensei, she holds the space mm. in a way, and she does it without thinking, but her energy is there. <laughs> when she's not there, we're a little bit like, we feel the difference. And all of my companions when they perform the kata they are so present mm. in their bodies and they're so intent in what they're doing so focused mm. that they move energy like I can feel it like I'm like and I'm talking about people pretty soon they may not be able to feel it but they move it and I think again is two things focus and presence right and being mind and body bringing it together through the sword and then as you say in your practice through the sounds right because there is San Mitsu the three mysteries right body and mind coming together with speech or energy, right? So that unity uh, that sounds brings between body and mind is also Do very Do you important. guys have a sound in uh, Iaido? Yeah, we actually, uh, so it's funny, we interviewed my, my sensei about that. We don't most Iai lineages uh, schools or styles, I don't know what is the right yeah. denomination, don't have a Kiai. Yeah. So that's what I thought. Basically, and Kendo has a Kiai, yes. like... A lot of uh, EI, most uh, styles don't have a Kiai. So we need to, we, I guess in a way we have to have like the sword speak for us. Yes, yes that's what I read also. Yeah, so it, it's a different thing, but I could say there is a silent Kiai, right? Like when body and mind and sword come together, which is called Kik and Daichi, uh, you can feel it. You cannot hear it perhaps with your ears, but there is a silent Kiai that comes. Yeah through there beautiful and um i i have another spiritual practice that i've been exploring uh, called the gene keys i don't know if you've ever heard of it um it's a really beautiful body of work also for self-exploration and contemplation and and this month um so we explore a different kind of theme every month and this month it's about um branding and the brand so it, they use a marketing term but it's for you know spiritual uh, spiritual purposes and the brand, the etymology of the word brand is actually um, from the uh, Celtic or Gaelic, uh, meaning sword, Brennan. Oh, nice. so, so the sword is the extension of your essence. It's the one that you project into the world. 
which is the brand. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is so <laughs> exciting. What was so beautiful? When you the sword is the extension of your heart, yeah. they're connected. Yeah. 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 So, and we have a ritual that is very beautiful. We, we become one with the sword at the beginning of the practice. And we bow to the sword. And for me, the sword represents wisdom. So for me, every time you practice, it's a little bit becoming one with wisdom. So yeah, all those things have beautiful meanings. Yeah. You have to send me all that information. I'm curious. <laughs> I will, I will. So many things to keep exploring and, and growing into. And I really hope that people will be inspired to maybe start a journey with either Reiki or martial arts or both if they haven't done so yet. Um, and again, working with both is really enriching. I know I highly encourage, encourage people, I, either one or the other. And if you're a Reiki practitioner to really perhaps dip your toe, it doesn't have to be a katana sword, martial arts. There are many very peaceful. It could be Tai Chi. Aikido. Yeah. Aikido, something a little bit more uh, soft on the body as well. Uh, but I, I do, when I think of, of the way the world is and we need tools to support our well-being and the more centered we are, the more we can support the people around us. So it's it's for us and for the people who surround us. Uh, it's funny, like I, the other day, it was yesterday, an exterminator came and he's like, what do you teach? I'm like, uh, meditation and Reiki. He's like, I want to learn it. You're very calm. And then, I love it. And I love it. And he's like, because this is a mess and you're calm. I'm like, yeah. And then I call my mom and I tell her that and she laughs. Because like she knows when I was in my late teens, I was a crazy, I would have like same, panic same. attacks. I would go like very intense. Like, ah! <laughs> so we always again, I'm, you know, I'm still that person to some days, but the transformation that happens amazing it, it's a beautiful thing like my mom every time I say I like another person who said I'm calm and I have a calming present she laughs right like it's like the joke of the day for her I know oh my god my daughter they stick you at 14 years old right you're 14 for the rest <laughs> of your life but what I want to say is like sometimes we feel oh that is for people who are very calm that is for people <laughs> who, can, who can focus and concentrate no they you become a little bit of that you you get that taste of stillness and it's a daily practice and it increases in time. You know, my Reiki practice wasn't what it was 15 years ago. Uh, if my sensei, I was so bad the first year martial arts, my sensei came like, I can't believe you keep coming. You're very personal. <laughs> that was the only, and that is still my only quality, martial arts, right? And but now <laughs> it performed okay. decent, right? I don't I believe have, you. No, no, now I'm actually doing good, but out of practice and, and really learning, right? And, and knowing that because I don't have a body facility, I don't have like a natural affinity with yeah, sport, yeah. that has forced me to really focus and pay attention to it, right? So I just say like, these things are very gradual. And even if you're happy, but especially if you're a person who thinks those things are not with you because you feel a lot of darkness or anger, yeah. actually these things do take you from one place to the other like I'm the living proof that they do work yeah. uh and I'm sure you can say the same although probably you were a little bit more peaceful than me because hopefully you were not a crazy Scorpio uh, I was a crazy cool. Aquarian and I still oh am my God, Aquarian. yes we're too crazy we get along Scorpios and Aquarius very well so I, I just want to encourage people like just reach out and as you say another word that is beautiful both of these uh, practices have communities and communities help support us. 
much. And by just being present, we support the community. So, you know, in these times when things are a little, you know, there are climate change issues, there are pandemic issues, there are economic issues, is more important than ever that no, that no matter what you're going through, there are people there willing to support you and that you can be your own support in time by using these practices, if that makes sense. Sorry, I extended myself. No, absolutely. And actually, I, I do want to um, invite if people are interested in Reiki and uh, martial arts, they can check out your group, right? Your Facebook group, speaking of community. Yeah, Shin Shin Kaisen on Facebook. Yeah. I can I can add that link. And of course, published several books on Reiki. Two books on Reiki. Uh, Reiki is a spiritual practice that has all the Japanese meditation illustrated. And then the Reiki healing book that that is more, it's probably the most Japanese approach to Western Reiki with chakras you'll find. Okay. Yeah. Um, so those are available on Amazon, right? If on Amazon as well. Excellent. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. Oh, thank you, Natalie. Such a pleasure. Always oh. a pleasure and so lovely to meet you. Nice to meet you and uh, looking forward to more community time together. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.